The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. What's up, everybody? You got some tough decisions to make in your Week 15 lineup. We are here to help. We're also talking about the Thursday night game. Oh, man. I Remember I said I got the heebie-jeebies about a lot of running backs last week? I got the heebie-jeebies about the Thursday night game. I don't know how you guys are feeling about that. Uh, where are you on the heebie-jeebie-o-meter? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like this spot for the 49ers. For the Niners? Yeah, it's a little tough. A little Why? weird for them. Why is that it's tough? Back-against-the-wall game for Seattle. <clears throat> They're starting, obviously, uh... Uh, a, a guy who's played like eight quarters of football. Yeah. And they don't have one of their best offensive players. Those are good reasons to not like the spot. Yeah. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball, how, how can you, you don't want to start Ken Walker if he plays, right? I mean, I hope you, I was said, I don't know, I think I said it to Dan last night. It's like, I hope I'm playing against Ken Walker this week. I hope he plays and someone starts him because I just, he'd be jeebies. Yeah, the only team I have Kim Walker on is um, a team that has a bye, so I'm not too concerned about that. But I do have an enormous amount of Tyler Lockett, which which gives me a little like a, like a four and a half on the heebie-jeebie operator. <laughs> okay, uh, can I just say I don't want to get this show off to an awkward start, but it does hurt my feelings a little bit that you have forgotten that you have Ken Walker on the team that we share, and that we- team has been eliminated. Not officially. If we win, we would have to outscore the four seed by two hundred points this week. Yeah, so they could have an illegal lineup. I have not forgotten about that team. I've made multiple moves. I've sent you suggestions to make other moves. I've right. been an active participant. I just gave up on it, like you should have, seven weeks ago. <laughs> Good morning, Dave Richard. What is your? What do you think when you were doing your rankings? One of your toughest calls for week fifteen in the Thursday game, or just overall? No, just overall, overall. Uh, I have Alvin Kamara ranked 
Where do I have him ranked? I've got him fifth in full PPR. Woo. Whoa. Wow. Thinking that the matchup against Atlanta is going to be favorable, thinking that he goes right back to being in a good spot coming off of a bye. And I don't know if that is just way too aggressive or if that's – it's probably way too aggressive for Alvin Kamara. But I've got, I've got some concerns about him. I've got more concerns about Saquon. I think I might like J.K. Dobbins a little bit too much. But then again, the Browns just lost their second starting linebacker in as many weeks, and their run defense has been stinky all year anyway. Do I have Travis Etienne ranked too high? Do I have the Bucks running backs ranked too high? I haven't even gotten other positions, but here's the here's the real here's one that I think I feel the best about. Nick Chubb in my PPR rankings is currently 25th. Well, oh my God! Wait a second. What did I you say? Nick Chubb is twenty fifth. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Go ahead, Heath. Like I've got, I feel like I've got Kamara twelfth or something, and I feel like that's too high. Um, but like him and Barkley are so interesting because I know that Washington's supposed to be a terrible matchup and Atlanta's supposed to be a fantastic matchup. Barkley was like seven times yep. as many fantasy points in his last game against Washington as Kamara was against Atlanta. Barkley's yeah. been a top eight fantasy running back virtually all season long and top three at one point. Kamara has been complete garbage over the last month of the season. Kamara left well, the, the Falcons game. That was week one. He left that game with an injury. He did only played. Uh, okay. On the snaps. Sorry, he did play I, a lot of the I game. I forgot either. that because it looks very similar to many other games on his game. Look. I, okay. But that, I just, he got a, that was week one. Barkley keeps scoring. I mean, not last week, you know, last week was a disaster. I Barkley's really tough. I, I don't want to even going to play. Yeah. I will also say that Kamara left that game early. He had 12 touches and played 62% of the snaps. Right. His most yeah. recent game, he had 14 touches and played 59% of the snaps. So I'm not giving the injury that much credit. Give it some more credit. He got hurt. And Ed Ingram was in that game, too. I mean, no Ingram should be more snaps for him. Uh, I, have you actually looked at the game logs when Mark Ingram's not played? Like, yeah, there was, yeah. I think the game that Mark Ingram got hurt was the game where Alan Kamara scored all of his touchdowns for the entire season. But yeah. the. The go. the rest of the games without Ingram were awful. So those are the most recent games, right? So that's when they're running about 50 plays a game and they're absolutely pathetic offensively. And they look at who they face. They face Baltimore, Pittsburgh, the Rams, the Niners, and the Bucks. Not an easy matchup in the bunch. And it's that doesn't explain everything. I mean, I understand he is definitely a tough call. But Atlanta on paper looks like by far the easiest matchup that they've had in the last six weeks. I would agree with that. Yeah. I also want to know if that offensive line is healthy. And, you know, Eric McCoy, we've talked about him every time we've talked about Alvin Kamara. Will he be ready to go? He might not be. Anyway, I've already started the process of moving Kamara down in, in all my rankings. Five is yeah. too aggressive. Yeah. No, he was Zonovan definitely. Zonovan Knight I, over both Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley? Who's that? Zonovan, Zonovan Knight over both of them? No. Uh, I've got, where is he? You'd think I'd be able to find him in my rankings because his name starts with the Z. He's behind them, but it's close. No, because, you know, I, he's one of the guys I was going to talk about today as a tough call. It's seven straight games. The Lions have not allowed double digits. You know this. You were yeah. the one who brought it up first a couple weeks ago. Seven straight games. The Lions have not allowed double-digit PPR fantasy points to a running back. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Tough calls this week. All right, so what's your answer, Heath? Zonovan Knight, Kamara, Barkley. How do you rank Coming him? into the podcast, I had it Kamara, Knight, Barkley. 
Um, I think I've talked myself in the last 30 seconds into Barkley Knight Camara. But they're all going to be right around RB12. I've got Chubb one spot behind them at 13. Um, <clears throat> there's there's not more than like nine running backs that I like this week. It's kind of true. Dave, let me get you a little more optimistic on Nick Chubb. I, I talked about this on the Monday Beyond the Box score. Do uh, it. Yeah. So basically, they're getting blown out. And his carries are way down. Uh, he averaged 18.6 carries per game in his first eight games, Nick Chubb, and he was one of the best running backs. I mean, he probably was like top three in that stretch. He's averaging 16.4 carries per game in his last five games, but uh, you know he had 11 carries at Miami. They got crushed. 14 carries at Buffalo. Uh, I think that was the neutral site game. They were down by like 15 late in the game. Uh, against Tampa Bay, they won, and he had 26 carries. At Houston, he had 17 carries. That was a win. Um, you know, he should have done a little bit more with that, 17 for 80, whatever. At Cincinnati, they were trailing most of that game. He had 14 carries. I think this is going to be a very competitive game, if not a win for them against Baltimore, if it's, uh, you know, Brown at quarterback, um, maybe maybe even Huntley. So I think you can get back to the 17, 18 carries, if not more range from, from Nick Chubb. I, the matchup is tough, but that hasn't typically mattered that much in the past for Nick Chubb. So that's my well, reason for optimism. Mm. The matchup versus the Ravens has mattered. Um, intern Sam, with the, uh, the the history of Nick Chubb versus the Baltimore Ravens and our numbers to know this week in the running back preview, he has one 100-yard game against the Ravens in nine ti- tries. Nine, nine times. times. <laughs> That's really cool. This is a good show so far. We're learning a lot. This is great. Yeah, we're learning a lot about players that are supposed to be must-starts in our fantasy lineup that now... We're thinking about putting Zonovan Knight over. Although I was already there when it came to Chubb. Are you going to start James Conner over every running back we've talked about? Kamara, yes. Barkley. Yeah, then that, that's wild. I mean, we said a month ago on this podcast that James Conner was going to be a top 12 running back rest of season. And uh, there's not anything that happened in the last month that would change that. Well, some one of us, you certainly said that. I can't. I cannot jump on that I bandwagon. Said we. Yeah, I don't think I said that either. I'm giving you credit. That was good. I mean, okay. I was skeptical of Connor, um, but he's obviously come through. Okay, uh, toughest call for me, I think, is uh, which Christmas movie. If I had to just pick one, which one would I watch? I think hmm. I would go with. I think I would Not go with Office, Office Christmas Party. Uh, I love that movie. Very fun. Very funny. I've never seen it. I haven't seen it a million times, which is a benefit. You know, the other ones I've seen a million times. It's really funny, Heath. I think you would very much enjoy Office Christmas Party. So we, I know we have three games on Sunday on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, are they like staggered to where there is not a two-hour span of time without football on Christmas Day? Correct. Yeah. Huh. Okay. (laughs) I was gonna say like my most of my family leaves on Christmas Day to go back home and visit family. And I'm here alone. I was going to watch my favorite Christmas movie, Die Hard. Like I have fast on Christmas Day. (laughs) Well, uh, I recommend Office Christmas Party if you can't make room for Die Hard. All right. Uh, I wanted to give a quick stat here because with the heebie-jeebies about the Thursday night game, I want to give a shout-out to Connor Grohl on our uh, CBSports.com stats crew. Uh, I asked him, is Thursday night scoring way down from Sunday? And he said, no, not really. Sunday teams are averaging 22.1 points per game. Thursdays are averaging 21.5 points per game. So that is down, but about half a point. Monday has the lowest scoring, 20.8 points per game. And those are all down from past years, right? Oh, that I don't know, but probably. 
so I guess that's, you know, when in doubt Thursday's out. It's, they've been some really ugly games, but, you know, there are probably a lot of ugly games on Sunday that we don't talk about because they're not spotlight games. Uh, we have a DFS show. You want to play some DFS? If your fantasy teams are eliminated, perfect time to get over to the DFS world. Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, you can watch our Fantasy Football Today DFS show live at youtube.com slash today. That's Tuesdays at 6 and Thursdays at 5 Eastern time. If you can't catch them live, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen. Uh, Fantasy Football Today DFS. Let's go through the news and notes here. It is a torn ACL for Kyler Murray. Dave, what does this mean, do you think, for 2023? First of all, the cast for Office Christmas Party looks pretty great. So <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm going to have to check that movie out, Adam. Oh, you've never seen it either? Never seen it. it Didn't it, even know it existed. I think it's honestly an instant classic. It is so freaking good. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's great. So, you know, it took me like six years to finally start watching Stranger Things. So by 2027, <laughs> I should be down for watching Office Christmas Party. Uh, 2023 for Kyler Murray. I'm nervous. Nervous that he won't be ready to go. I'm not even sure who his head coach will be. Uh, Cardinals have to add another quarterback this offseason just in case he's not ready to go for week one. It's it's going to be troubling, and it's going to be challenging for that offense in general. So many questions that have to be answered. If it's the same coaching staff and the same offense, then I, I think Kyler's going to be closer to 10 than 5 in the quarterback rankings. But he'll be drafted significantly later, obviously, if he's going to be around 10 than where we took him this past year. Yeah, if it was any, if it was no, like a pocket quarterback, I wouldn't be as concerned. But for someone who like is must have rushing production to be a good fantasy quarterback, because he's just not improved enough as a passer, um, I, I'm I'm worried. I actually dropped him. I was just updating my dynasty quarterback rankings this morning. It won't be an official update, but I wanted to be able to talk about those guys. And I knew we had a Twitter poll coming. Yeah. Um, and I had dropped Kyler Murray to QB 11. And the one that I struggle with the most, and it might change as soon as this week, is Deshaun Watson. Uh, if Deshaun Watson can look like Deshaun Watson again, then Watson I would have over Murray in Dynasty 2, and Murray would fall to QB 12. What's interesting about Murray is that his his averages, and I know that, Heath, you cringe when you hear about averages, but per game and per attempt on the ground, they were up from last year. And his rush attempts were about the same. So I, I know that kind of it feels I, I don't think about Kyler as an amazing runner because each of the last two years, he really hasn't done enough of it compared to what he did in 2020. But as a runner this past year, he was fine. He was he was better than he was the year before. That's a positive. The negative is that as a passer and he, he talked about this completion rate down, touchdown rate down, yards per attempt way down. Um, yards per game, way down. Quarterback yeah. rating, way down. But if you split it out and do it with Hopkins and without Hopkins, you might have a different story. But then again, Hopkins is going to be 30 next year. So mm. from a dynasty perspective, uh, you do wonder about Kyler. He's just pretty solid. He just was solid this year, you know? Yeah. He was very solid. Um, Brock Purdy Keith, was... does a 30-year-old receiver, does that set off an alarm bell like a 30-year-old running back does? It doesn't for me. It's um well a thirty year old running back is like already buried dead yeah, yeah he's gone. sleeping through the alarm <laughs> um a thirty year old wide receiver is very dependent on what he did the year before um for me if I think what we've learned with these receivers and it, and it gives me great pause about Mike Evans in Dynasty is that if a guy who's twenty nine or thirty years old and plays wide receiver shows you that he's not the same guy believe him 
Mm-hmm. We saw that with Allen Robinson. We saw it a few years ago with AJ Green. I just think like when those guys show you a, a disappointing year, believe them. Um. Okay, let's go to our next news item here. We'll just fly through the rest of these. So Brock Purdy was listed as limited in practice. Right now we're expecting him to play tomorrow at Seattle. Lamar Jackson missed practice, but Tyler Huntley was limited. So Huntley's got a chance to clear the concussion protocol and play. It's a Saturday game. I'm still going to remain skeptical of anybody not missing a week with the concussion. It does happen, but with the new protocols, it's it's not that common. Kenny Pickett to the concussion protocol. Houston is expected to use both quarterbacks again. They sprinkled in a little bit of Jeff, Jeff Driscoll, although Lovey Smith uh, did not commit to that, their game against Kansas you know, City. We, we, we found out that Yahoo lists Driscoll as a tight end and a quarterback. So if Driscoll were to get more playing time or even become the quarterback for the Texans rest of season, that's a cheat code. Oh, I I don't want to have to deal with that. Uh, But we'll answer your As a commissioner, I don't either, but that's how it is at Yahoo. Uh, Let's see. Aaron Jones practice. Looks like he's going to be good to go against the Rams on Monday. Khalil Herbert could be back next week, week 16 against Mm. Buffalo. Damian Great stash Pierce. for everybody who's on by. Yeah, Khalil Herbert. Damian Pierce could miss up to three weeks with a high ankle sprain, guys. So now that we know this, if you were running waivers again, where would Rex Burkhead and or Dare Agumbawale be, Heath? Not in my top five running backs. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. six and seven. There's so little clarity over which who would do what. They're both better served as third down backs. Um, I would project Rex to have more carries, but neither one's a top 30 running back for me this week against the Chiefs, and that tells you just about all you need to know. So McKinnon, you'd take ahead of him. Chuba Hubbard, you'd take ahead of him. Zamir White ahead of Rex Burkhead? Um, well, I mean, it depends, obviously, if you need a starter this week, but if you need right. a starter this week, like yeah. you're probably going to lose anyway because these guys are not going to be good. Yeah. Okay. But he'd rank higher if you're... I have Damian Pierce. I made the playoffs with Damian Pierce, and now I need a running back, and I missed out on McKinnon. You're you're gonna have Rex. Hopefully, he's it's great Rex, like mind blowing Rex. Yeah. <laughs> um. Both the both the Patriots backs could be ahead of him, right now. I think. Yeah. All right. That's enough Rex Burkhead here. Uh, except you know, just he is facing a team that gives up a ton of receiving production to running backs. So you you just wonder if you can get a cheap. 10 to 12 PPR fantasy points. I just, I'm afraid if they're going to have to use him in the early downs role that Ogun Bawale is going to play the passing downs role. That's it. Okay. That's what's going to happen. That's my prediction on what's going to happen because that's how they've used Ogun Bawale basically his entire career, but certainly since he's been in Houston. Has anybody uh, ever used the um, the team name Rex Burkhead Day? Is it for Rex Manning Day? Yeah. Surprised that you know that, but no, I've never seen that. What do you mean surprised that I know? <laughs> it's a little, that. it's a little ahead of your time. It's, I don't. I feel like you're an '80s guy. That's a '90s. That's a '90s movie. Um, my wife really likes that movie, oh, okay. so we've watched it dozens of I times. I love that movie. That and Sweet Home Alabama. Never seen that one. Never will. It's a. It's one you would really like. That. I don't think so. Cooper. The Cup. Family Stone is just all right. So I'll play. watch Office Christmas Party. Heath will watch Office Christmas Party, and Adam will watch Sweet Sweet Home, Home Alabama. Love it. All right, guys. I got to get through this here. Cooper Cup is likely out for the season. You can drop him. Aaron Donald could come back though before the season ends. Debo but Samuel why? is likely out about three weeks. 
So you could drop him, but you don't have to. Jeff Wilson missed practice. They have a buff. They have a game on Saturday at Buffalo prime time. Uh, Dave already mentioned Cleveland linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa is out for the season with a foot injury, and Sean Payton is reportedly interested in the Rams and the Chargers and maybe even the Saints next year. And I did forget one Christmas movie that's right up there with Office Christmas Party. You might actually like this one better, Dave. You might uh, you might pivot to this one, The Night hmm. Before. The night before is outstanding. Uh, you know, I might, do we really believe that Sean Payton is going to go anywhere other than the Chargers with Justin Herbert? I wouldn't. But uh, all right, well, uh, yeah, I think I think the night before is the movie for you. Okay, week fifteen, tough calls. Justin Fields against the Eagles, and the last two times we saw Fields, he scored. 24.6 fantasy points at the Falcons, and then 19.3 fantasy points against the Packers. But he had one of his better passing games against the Packers. But he's our first tough call. Heath, where do you have Justin Fields? I think he came out at uh, 11 or 12 at quarterback in the projections. I boosted him up to 9 or 10 in the rankings. It is a tough call, but uh, I, there has not been a quarterback who has scored 20 fantasy points against the Eagles this year with their passing. The one guy who has scored 20 fantasy points against the Eagles was Daniel Jones, and he did it with a rushing touchdown. Um, I, obviously, you would expect a rushing touchdown for Justin Fields, but I do think that there is significant risk that he could just be a, a 16-point outing he could run for 80 yards and maybe one touchdown not get into the end zone as a passer and throw another interception or two Dave? how many quarterbacks this week do not carry significant risk and you could be a wise ass and say oh every quarterback has significant risk but being real like everybody's starting hurts mahomes herbert josh allen and dak i think everybody's going to joe burrow too yeah i think dak against I jacksonville i, I just based on the dog. questions and the comments i get every week I think a lot of people have Dak anxiety. They don't trust him. Well, I would start him ahead of Justin Fields. And I would consider him one of those guys that you just you start and you don't look back. Because I think the game against Jacksonville will be favorable for Dak Prescott. I think every other quarterback has a question mark, and that includes Justin Fields. But not every quarterback has the rushing upside that Justin Fields has. So I have him eighth. I think I'm going to keep him at eight. I like him better than Tua at Buffalo. Might be snowing in Buffalo. And Tua was a mess last week. It's hard to imagine he'll put it all together against a team as sharp as Buffalo. Is the is the is the snow thing because the Tua is like not experienced cold weather very much in Miami? The Dolphins play in Miami because snow without wind is good for offenses. Is that well, really let's true? see what the forecast exactly is because slippery fields. I don't know if that's for true. offenses because the offense knows where they're going and the defense doesn't. So Jamie said the same thing. I, I I have to. I think that's kind of like what what happens to the Vegas total when you see there's heavy snow. It's gonna well, go down. Heavy snow is a different thing. I don't. I, don't I think agree. We're expecting no, a, you're a right. Blizzard. If it's a right. So any bad weather this, is bad for scoring. I think. Yeah. I don't. I don't forecast think Saturday night. Snow low near 25. Winds 10 to 15 miles an hour. 80 percent chance of snow. One to three inches. Uh, if the wind stays at 10 to 15 miles an hour, then this really isn't that bad of a forecast. I mean, I'm maybe it's that Tua doesn't like cold weather. And yeah. Like, that's possible. I don't like right. cold weather. I mean, you, we've opined about that with Derek Carr before. Yeah, I think the first, I don't know if he's done it before, but it could be the first time that he's playing in that type of environment, and it's never easy. And obviously the Bills are 
not easy are good, either. Yeah. right? They've got a hell of a pass right. rush that's so, going to come out. So Fields over Tua for you. I think you said you have eighth. I'm sorry, Heath. Where'd you have Tua? Nine. I'm sorry, not Tua. Fields. Fields. Nine. Okay. All right. Uh, well, next up is Dak Prescott. And oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Dave, you're definitely the high guy on him. Looking at the rankings, Jamie and Heath would say Dak Prescott might be a tough call here. Um, interceptions are a bit of a problem. Uh, he's been pretty good since coming back, but last week was obviously a major disappointment. 15.7 fantasy points. The Jaguars are a good matchup. They allow the eighth most fantasy mm-hmm. points to quarterbacks. So, Dave, why are you so confident in Dak Prescott? It's The matchup is the biggest thing. They've given up at least 21 fantasy points to seven of the past eight quarterbacks. Matt Jones and or Matt Ryan and Daniel Jones each had 30 points against them. Goff had 25 points against them. I, I'm just, I don't think that their pass defense is anything dominant. And, I think Jacksonville will put up points of their own and that'll mean that Dak will have to do things through the air. So I think that he's, he he's safe for like that 22, 23 fantasy point total with upside to get as high as 30. I think he could throw three touchdowns. Go ahead. Heath. No, I don't. I, I mean, I, I think he's a low end number one quarterback. I was looking up to his performance in cold weather games. This is not his first. He played at Buffalo on January 3rd when the high was 35 degrees that day. Um, back in his rookie year, threw for three hundred and fifty sixty-one yards. Oh, that that was against their backups. Was that a was that a week eighteen game? Seventeen. They played their starters oh. for half the game. Okay, but obviously a game where it's where the starters sat for a while. Yeah, I remember that because Allen Allen and Diggs went. Was it Diggs that year? Yeah, right. And they he went they went crazy in one half in that game. But um, oh, it's good to know. It's good to know. It's better than it being his first. It's a very informative show today. All right, uh, low end number one quarterback for for Heath. Would you guys start Dak or Lawrence? Lawrence. I have Dak higher. You know, I think one of the things that's interesting about that game is the pass attempts, because uh, Dak's not doing a lot of that. But Dave, you just said you think the the that the Jaguars are going to score points. You know, I I don't know if we're not giving the Cowboys defense enough credit, or if we just think it's not as good right now. But they are this basically the second best defense in football. Uh, depending on the measure. I think they've given up like the second fewest points, the fewest yards per game. They have the second most sacks in the NFL. I think they're one behind the Eagles. Uh, we don't view them uh, maybe as a really tough defense. I'm not sure, but are really, we think the Jaguars are just going to go up and down the field and get a shootout here. I don't, I don't think it'll be like that. I, I don't, I don't see it being a shootout, but I see them getting in the neighborhood of like 20 to 24 points. I think Trevor will be okay. He's going to have some turnovers along the way. That's why I don't have him ranked higher than Dak. You know, when I started doing, when I put together this segment, I put David Montgomery in as a tough call going up against the Eagles. And I said, I bet Heath has David Montgomery ranked a lot higher than Dave and Jamie. And bam, bam night. He does have David Montgomery in his top 10. Maybe those are just the projections and not updated rankings. Or maybe you just really like David Montgomery. Um, I think he's a tough call. Actually, I think he's a sit, but what do you, uh, well, I don't think he's a sit. I think he's a guy I'd like to sit, but what do you think about David Montgomery Heath? I think he's, uh, not that far from James Conner, uh, a workhorse running back. Who's going to get 20 touches and, um, catch three or four passes. He's been remarkably efficient in the passing game this year, the running game. He's been good enough at four yards per carry. I just like when you're comparing him to Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara, I would rather start Montgomery. How do you compare him to Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry? Not Derrick Henry. Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara. 
No, I'm I'm asking a fresh question. How do you compare Montgomery to Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry? Oh, I think Derrick Henry might be the best running back this week. I think you've got him th- like he's he's definitely ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, but I'm talent wise, opportunity wise. He's not he's not as good as Derrick Henry, obviously. No. He's probably as good as what Saquon Barkley is right now, which is the shell of himself. (laughs) Okay. So those are the two running backs that the Eagles have played in the last two weeks. Jordan Davis has been back helping out on running downs. Right. Philadelphia in those past two games have allowed three yards per carry to those teams. No touchdowns, six point nine yards per catch. This is a tough matchup for David Montgomery. I fully expect him to get the workload that you're talking about. You're going to need him to score, and you're going to need him to do a lot in the passing game in order for him to be very good for fantasy. I'm on board with him as a number two. I think he's a must-start as a number two fantasy running back, given how many other running backs that there are major question marks about. I'll start him over Nick Chubb, for example. To me, that's a no-brainer. Well, I I do have to push back on the touches thing because the Eagles do not see a lot of running back carries. When they have had Jordan Davis in their lineup— there has been one running back who's had more than 15 carries, I believe, of more than 14 carries. One running back all year when Jordan Davis has played, and that was week one, DeAndre Swift. Obviously, they score a bunch of points, they take you out of your game script, and you can't really run on them. They allow 3.46 yards per carry with Jordan Davis on the field. So if you get only 13 or so carries from David Montgomery, I think it's going to be a pretty miserable fantasy game. I think there's significant downside here, guys. Well, I mean, he's had 14 carries in, in each of his last two games. Yeah, I, I can't rely on the three good. to four catches necessarily. That's, that's like, that's nice. It's happened. But it's been about half his games. Half his games he's had, you know, zero to one catch, I think. Well, um, we generally lean a little bit more heavily on what's happened recently, and it's happened in each of his last three games. Yeah, and 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 when you look at the games that they've lost by ten or more points, you're usually talking about two to three catches. So if we give him three catches, if we give him three catches and fourteen carries, I mean those fourteen carries could go for thirty-five yards. It wouldn't shock me, based on how well he runs the ball and how well the Eagles defend the run. Um, I don't know, man. I you got him in your top 10. That's a lot of confidence. There's, there's absolutely zero pr- surprise to anyone who's listened to the last three years of this podcast <laughs> that you think David Montgomery is going to be awful, and I think he's going to be great. But how is he going to be good against the Eagles? How is he going to be efficient against the Eagles? I, I feel pretty good about the YPC. It's going to be bad. I feel confident yeah, I don't, I, in that. I, don't play, I, I did not make the playoffs in any of my YPC leagues. Maybe I just wasn't It's still important. You're not, um, you're not going to get a good no. rushing performance. <laughs> I, if, you, if you figure three and a half yards per carry, then you're, what, at 50 yards? I'm going to go under that because that's that's what they allow with Jordan Davis on the field, and he's not a good running back. So I'm going to go under I totally that. disagree that he's not a good running back. He's not an efficient yeah, could, running back. He never has been. He's more. been an efficient running back for five games in his career. All right, he's going to average 3.1 yards per carry or less. Book it. It is a guarantee, and if he's 3.3, I'm taking credit for being close. Yeah, I, I fully expect <laughs> that that sounds exactly right. All right, let's uh, skip around here. I have too many names. Do you want to talk about Bam Knight? Because, uh, Dave, you're, you're lower on him than Heath is. It's just the same situation here. This is a really tough matchup. I know you guys talked about him earlier, but Dave, Bam Knight or, uh, or David Montgomery? In PPR, I will go with, I will go with, uh, I think I've got Knight higher in PPR. 
but it's close. But you have them both as low end guys, right? They're they're no, they're low like middle two. of the pack, number two running backs. Okay, I've got them seventeenth. Oh. I I can't help but think about what we've gotten out of Bam Knight over his past three games. Is it now? Yeah, where it's been a hundred total yards, or or not? It's not a hundred total yards in every game, but double digit fantasy points with a couple of catches on top. Definitely has an opportunity to score. Detroit's run defense is great. You mentioned it. 3.4 yards per carry in their past six. Two rushing touchdowns to running backs in their past six. No running back is more than nine PPR points against them. Wild stuff. Can Bam Knight be the one to break that? I think this is another game that'll be fairly high scoring. I like Mike White this week. And I also think the Jets are kind of smart about their offense. And maybe they use Zonovan a little bit more in the passing game. So I'm, I'm good with Knight as a start. It's certainly in the same vein as David Montgomery. And he, he's in the same vein as Montgomery for Heath too, but that's a higher vein. <laughs> a I, and I think one. this this probably connects to Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara. Like like those are two guys who Dave has ahead of these two guys, and I have behind these two guys. But they're right. all like we were talking about how many running backs don't have any risk, or how many quarterbacks. Well, there's like eight running backs that don't have any risk. Like name him. Saquon Barkley played 30% of the snaps last week. Right. I don't okay, even know no, if he's okay. Yeah. The score had something to do with that, but so did the injury for sure. Yeah. He's a, t- he's a, also a tough call. Uh, name the, you said name the eight running backs that have no, no I was just, I was just being goofy, but uh, no, I mean, there probably are like nine, um, you know, McCaffrey, Is Miles Eckler. Sanders one. Is I don't one of the nine. I, 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 I don't think Miles Sanders is ever safe. Okay, is Ezekiel Elliott safe? I have um, Jacobs, McCaffrey, Henry, Eckler, James Conner, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, Tony Pollard. Okay. Tony Pollard's safe. That's awesome. See, Pollard's got 10 fewer carries than Zeke in his last two games. He's amazing. But (laughs) uh, I think I'd start Miles Sanders over every running back we've talked about. Uh, I don't know about Kamara, but... I'd start him over Montgomery. I'd start him over Knight. I'd start him over Barkley. I don't I'm know about you. Swift. About Chubb, I mean. I like Chubb, but Sanders, I mean, Sanders is, is going to crush the, the... He does pretty well against these bad run defenses. Look what he did against the Texans, the Giants. Now he's facing the Bears. They can't stop the run. He should and they give him opportunities in those games, too. Yeah. Which is important. Obviously, Ooh, it's going to be a fun week. A lot of going to have a lot of good questions this week. All right, let's do some wide receivers here. Amari Cooper, he's back at home. Hooray, but he's facing the Ravens. Uh, how do we feel about Amari Cooper? Heath starter sit. I, I, the, I know the home road thing we've talked a lot about this year, but mostly I feel about Amari Cooper like I have for almost his entire career. He's a number two wide receiver that has the upside every week to finish as a top five guy and has the floor every week of Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He is like, he's just been that kind of guy. And those are the guys I'm just going to start this week because I want the upside. He's a number two wide receiver. Dave, you agree? Or is Cooper a tough call? No, uh, he's a tough call, but I agree with where Heath's coming out on him. You know, one of the problems is his quarterback and it's Deshaun Watson. And is he, how much better was he last week than the week before? Um, what I can tell you is that he was on target much more in week 14 than he was in week 13. That's a positive. And he looked like uh, the a home, junior varsity the quarterback. The whole thing week is completely mystifying to me. Yeah. Like the fact that it's, it's, it's actually happening. Like maybe we should just ignore 
all other elements of analysis and just say, okay, he's playing at home, so he must be great. And so it's a, it's a tough matchup, I think. I think Baltimore's defense is going to be tough on Cleveland overall. But I think he's still got to start him because you know that he can go off for 7 hundred and a touch. Uh, would you start Zay Jones over Amari Cooper? No. Full PPR, I would. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You're all the way back in on Zay Jones. <sighs> Double-digit targets in three of his last four games, right? Yep. And, uh, I mean, just one drop pass away from double-digit PPR points in each of his past four games. Um, would you start uh, Mari Cooper or Gabe Davis? Cooper. Agreed. But right. I think they're kind of the same guy. They're just on the opposite sides of 24. Like Cooper, I think, is 26. And I, or tw- Cooper's right around 20, and Gabe's right around 26. But I think, I think scoring system matters here because full PPR is going to give a very obvious lead to Cooper because he gets way more targets generally than Gabe Davis. Uh, one guy I think I'm going to be telling people to start, I hope you guys agree with me, is Michael Pittman. Um, Minnesota's just the absolute best matchup. Would you start Pittman over Cooper? It's cl- not in non-PPR. In full PPR, I think it's really close, but I think I'm going to take Cooper. I've got Cooper over Pittman, but I could see it. It's close enough. Like They're both top 20 for me. Okay. How come Pittman doesn't get more work in the red zone? Do they get to the red zone? Honestly, how many question. passes they, have they thrown in the red zone? As of a couple of weeks ago, they were top ten in red zone pass attempts. I can look oh, again wow. if you wanted to look it up. No, it's I don't know. Don't have an answer for that. Um, last tough call. Let's do just do this one quickly here. Christian Watson against the Rams. He has had six to eight targets in four straight games. Uh, how about all of the wide receivers who have had six to eight targets against the Rams? There have been nine of them. Uh, five of those nine had pretty eh games, 8.6 to 12.3 fantasy points in PPR. Four of those nine had over 20 fantasy points. So all over the place in terms of the, the receivers who have had six to eight targets against the Rams. Watson's on fire, four straight games with a touchdown. Um, you know, do you view him the same way you view Cooper or Gabe Davis? Yeah. He's right in the middle of them. Not for me. He's ahead. I think he is Gabe Davis without the bad stretch yet, but that doesn't mean it's not coming. If you live in that six to eight target range and have uh, an A dot profile like he does, and he's had a couple, a couple of shorter things, the rushing has certainly helped, but um, I still think he has huge bust potential on a weekly basis. Just the boom potential is huge too. That's why you have to start him. Yeah. Rogers also said this week that his thumb is feeling way better. Yeah. So. Maybe he'll be even better as a passer, and this has become the guy that he loves connecting with for big plays. Does he have more targets than Alan Lazard over the last three or four games? Yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty close because Lazard had, I think, four against the Cowboys, then he had 11 against the Titans. And I, I don't quite remember the other two games, Philadelphia um, and, I guess, Chicago. So in his last five, that's, it was five weeks ago that Watson really emerged, right? No, Week four. Nine. Four. Was, oh, it was four? Okay, da- so the then, Dallas Yeah, definitely. Game. Okay. Colts have 51 red zone pass attempts this year. That's a little worse than league average. If we go inside the 10, they're 15th, 26 inside the 10 snaps. So they're basically league average in both of those stats. And still, seven red zone targets on the year for Michael Pittman. 
That's bad. All right. Four end zone we're we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about San Francisco and Seattle. We'll talk a little Dynasty. Who would you rather have in Dynasty, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence? We have an interesting Twitter poll. I have not even looked. I don't even know what the results are. We'll be right back. Oh, I'm going to read your emails at the end of the show. Uh, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back, and it's time for Thursday Night Football. San Francisco is at Seattle. Stat of the game, Geno Smith has 33 to 39 pass attempts in six straight games, mm-hmm. 23.1 or more fantasy points in six straight games. That is awesome. There have been nine quarterbacks with 33 or more pass attempts against the 49ers, and Patrick Mahomes is the only one that scored more than 17 fantasy points. Uh, the other good ones, you know, respectable ones, would be Stafford twice, eh, whatever, uh, Herbert, Tua, Brady, those guys sucked against the Niners, even with that pass volume. Start or sit, Geno Smith this week. I'm as a sit. I'm very, very nervous about the matchup. Nervous about the upside. He's he's been awesome. I think if if you can't get your hands on Mike White or Aaron Rodgers or even Trevor Lawrence, if he miraculously is out there in your league, I think you just roll with Geno. And you hope that he puts it all together. He's also, on top of all the stats that you said about his past six games, he's seen more pressure in those past six games. Uh, I want to say the pressure rate is right around 33%. And he's been fine, obviously. The numbers have been good. But this is just, this is a great defense. They're going to get after him very quickly. And I am nervous that he will be able to keep it up. Yeah, I've I've moved him down to ninth, but he's still probably going to be a start for me. Um, there's just not... Like we said, we've we've like I would start Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and those guys over him, but and he's been mostly better than those guys recently. Um, but the the matchup does scare me enough that a low end starter. Geno Smith has finished top twelve in nine of thirteen weeks, top eight in I think six of thirteen weeks. One, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. And we're going to start Mike White over him? I can't. I am not. Oh, boy. Dave, you would really do that? Uh, that's where I have it right now because the Lions pass defense is so bad. It is. Uh, the other thing is Smith has been great basically all year, right from the right out of the gate. I mean, week one, he had a good game against the Broncos. Yeah, solid game. Mm-hmm. His only really bad game, I think, maybe he has two, but his only stinker was the Niners. It was week two, and he was horrible against but the But that 49ers. was at San Francisco. Yeah, 
and they and had Emmanuel Mosley earlier in the year when he wasn't throwing as much. Mm-hmm. That's so. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a great game, but I think he can get you to twenty. Uh, all yeah, right, good. Christian McCaffrey or Travis Homer this week. <sighs> I'm going to go Homer. Tough call. <laughs> right, well, what if Ken Walker plays? We've, we we're ranking him now. Okay, so where are you ranking him? Thirty. It's a good question. I haven't 30. I haven't ranked him yet, but it's probably it's going to be low. Yeah, man. It's just I think I think you know the deal. It's arguably the best run defense in football, and and they've been struggling to run the ball anyway. Uh, Metcalf and Lockett, all systems go. I'm I don't see how you sit them right. Okay, Lockett has the second most touchdown catches from 30 or more yards out behind only Devonte Adams. That does make me a little nervous. I, I wonder how he ranks on that stat since he came into the league. Yeah, that's a good point. He's a, that, that, I, I mean, obviously he does that. Um, the question is, you know, do the Niners give up those types of plays? And they, they do now. I mean, you think about, I think, DeAndre Carter a couple weeks ago, Trent Sherfield. I've got the stats right here. I do too, but... I mean, they they do they are a little susceptible to the big play more so the second half of the season than the first half. All right, so look, it's we've talked about guys like Cooper and Watson, like tough calls. Just start your They're Seattle, yeah, start your Seattle receivers. Uh, sit Noah Fant. Let's go to the Brock. Let's go to Brock Purdy here. So, how do you feel about Brock Purdy? Um, try to, I'll, get, I'll get his roster percentage. How do you feel about Brock Purdy, Dave? I think he's a number two fantasy quarterback this week. Would be excited to use him as a second quarterback in a super flex. Would be unexcited to use him as my one QB guy. He's looked okay. He's he's actually done a great job of navigating the pocket, avoiding pressure. He's made some big time throws, but he's the majority of his throws have been very, very short throws. Here's an example. Five of his 67 pass attempts and two of his 45 completions have been on passes of 15 or more air yards. His ADOT is 5.3. That ranks 32nd among qualifying quarterbacks over the past two weeks. Sam Darnold is the only one who's lower. So I I think in order for him to have a great fantasy game, you need volume. He's not going to get volume. 49ers are going to be able to run the ball quite well. And so I'm maybe I even have him ranked a little too high. I've got him at 17, thinking that he could be in for like, 175 yards and maybe two touchdowns. Heath, uh, one thing about that ADOT, yeah, he's throwing the ball really short. This is not a terrible matchup to do that. The Seahawks are the Mm -hmm. the worst yak team. They give up the second most yak per catch. Uh, When these two teams played in week two, the 49ers averaged 7.3 yards after the catch per catch. And that was the most in the NFL that week. So you got the best yak team basically every year, the Niners, and then the the Seahawks are kind of the worst in that, but you don't have Debo, and Debo is the driver the behind King. that stat. Um, so, what, what do you think about he, him, Heath Brock Purdy, and who would you start him over? Who would, who's ahead of him? Where, where is he in the rankings? He's like twenty for me, and I feel like that's too high. I'm very, like, and I just like I'm worried about the 49ers going into Seattle for a night game. The 12s are going to be just insane, a must win game for the Seahawks. I think Purdy could turn into a pumpkin. He's been he's been pretty good so far, but he's also just like used his yak kings. He still has Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't want to start him. Yeah, uh, they are the most resilient team. You know, it's unbelievable. 
the injuries they sustain and the success that they have, uh, amazing. I am very really excited for this game because yeah, the atmosphere is going to be terrific. All right, McCaffrey is the best. Brandon Ayuk, guys. So where is Ayuk compared to Amari Cooper and Christian Watson and you know then Michael Pittman? What do you think about Ayuk? Behind he's all. in that mix for me. Why is he behind all of them, Heath? I I just don't think he's not the Yak King. And I don't expect Purdy to have a lot of success throwing the ball down the field. And his good performance last week was two catches for 57 yards. And a touchdown. Yeah. He he, he got a touchdown. touchdown but I, I and I mean, we we have this discussion every single week. I don't think that makes him more likely to score a touchdown this week because he scored a touchdown last but week. But are you giving him any boost without Debo Samuel? Because as yeah, soon as Debo yeah, went he out... Yeah, he got the targets. He'd have been closer to wide receiver 40 if Debo Samuel was playing. So he he may not be the Yak King, but he actually ranks 15th among wide receivers with 5.36 yards after catch per reception this year. And I know that we think about Ayuk as a downfield receiver. Uh, I did the work on this. 68 of his 86 targets have come from inside of 15 air yards. He's caught 78% of them. He's averaging about 12 yards per catch. So he can fill that role. He's done it for most of this year anyway. We just think of him more as a splashy player, especially after last week when he had the splashy touchdown. Uh, it was an underthrown ball from Purdy, but never mind that fact. In the, <laughs> his past two games without Debo, he's seen at least a 20% target share, and he saw a 20% target share last week after Debo left. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be 10 targets because we've already talked about how Purdy won't throw that much. So... I, I think maybe if you look at him and say, okay, six or seven targets, he'll catch most of them. He's got a chance to make a play after the catch against the Seattle defense that's allowed a lot of yak. You talked about that, Adam. Yeah. Uh, I think you said that they're second of worst per catch in the league yak on per yards catch. after catch per reception. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay starting him as a flex. I, I will just say that, like, Six or seven targets and a 20% target share means 30 to 35 passes for Brock Purdy. And and I don't think that he's going to throw the ball that much. You don't think he's going to get six to seven targets, though? I I don't. All right. Well, if he, he throws, throws 30 pass passes. Right. Heath's right. If he's throwing 30 passes. I know. That I get the math, but like you don't think you just don't think Ayuk's going to get six targets, six, seven targets? It's not asking for much I, here. I think he could get six. He, he has, what, three and five in the last two games? Uh, yeah, so last didn't they kind of take everybody out last week? Last week? Yeah. Yep. He, he had nine targets against Miami two weeks ago and three targets against the Bucs, unless I'm wrong about that. No, no I think he had No, nine. you're right. And he had eight the no, week before. It, All right, I, I, let's, let's move on. Let me ask. Let's wrap up on Ayuk here. Would you have Ayuk or Barkley, Knight, uh, Chubb. All running backs we talked about. I hmm. might start him over Montgomery. Might start him over Knight, too. Okay. Uh, George Kittle. What do you think? His name's George Kittle, and he plays tight end, and you start him. Probably. Amazing matchup here. They give up the second most yep. points to tight ends. What was his target share last week? He had three targets. No, no, no. He had three targets against the Dolphins. He had five targets against the Bucks. <clears throat> but he he has more than 40 yards in, I think, three games this year, four games. He's had four good games all year. It's wild. Mm-hmm. 
One of them is against Arizona four weeks ago. They're the worst against tight ends. Seattle's second worst. He didn't face them. He didn't them. get to play against Seattle either earlier right. this year. Right, he was hurt. Oh, man. So Kittle or um, Ingram? Kittle. I have Ingram higher in PPR. Kittle or Najoku? Kittle. Najoku. If Waller plays, if we find out Waller's going to play, would you start Waller or Kittle? Kittle. Kittle. All right. And that's the end of that chapter. San Francisco's DST is worth starting their top seven for everybody. Nah, 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 nah. Thursday Night Football. Get excited. Okay, Dynasty Talk. Get excited for that. I want a QB riser and a QB faller, Heath. And while you do that, let's look up the Twitter poll of who would you rather have in Dynasty, uh, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Give me a rising QB. Well, both of these guys are rising QBs this season. Um, looking back to the beginning of the season, um, <clears throat> we've seen Lawrence rise two spots since August, three spots since August, and Fields has risen four spots since August. I've got Fields now at QB6, Lawrence at QB8. That's for six point per passing touchdown leagues. The gap would be bigger in four point per passing touchdown leagues. The poll results are interesting. Who would you rather have in a di- in dynasty, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence? And you can choose either quarterback in both six point and four point per passing touchdown leagues. So, Fields in both is winning with forty five percent of the vote. Uh, Lawrence in both has twenty seven point four percent of the vote, and Lawrence in six point, Fields in four point has twenty seven point three percent of the vote. So, if I had just run a six point per passing touchdown league poll. It would have been really close between Lawrence and Fields. Uh, Four-point per passing touchdown league poll, I think Fields would have been a runaway. Uh, but, um, yeah, which makes sense. But, oh, you're seeing the poll results there, and I'm reading the third book. Well, yeah, I think, <laughs> and I like Lawrence has been, this is a good time to ask it, because Lawrence is basically at the three game, best three-game stretch of his career. If we'd asked this three games ago, before Fields missed a game with injury and had his bye and had a, a bad game, I think Fields probably would have won 90% of the vote. Um, (laughs) The the difference for this year, I think Fields has been a point and a half better than Trevor Lawrence. In the second half since week eight, Fields has been 10 points better per game than Trevor Lawrence. Um, But in the last two games... In the last two games, (laughs) Fields has been awful and Lawrence has been much better. Um, I... I, I think these guys both have a chance to be in the top five as early as next year. Um, the struggle is whose situation is going to improve more. And I think it's probably Fields. Well, we know what the situation is going to be for Lawrence. We're pretty sure about who he's going to have to throw to next year. Because not only will he have Kirk and whatever Zay Jones ends up being and whatever Evan Ingram ends up being, but also Calvin Ridley will be there. That's a nice group. Fields is going to have to get his group together via free agency in the draft. So I wonder if that's going to be, it'll be a little rough with free agency and the draft it could take some time because I don't think the bears are going to take a receiver with their top pick this year in the draft. I, I like Lawrence as the better talent anyway. That's where I came out before they were even drafted into the league. I'm going to say Lawrence because He's, I think he's the better passer. I think he'll have the longer career. And I, you can see what his, who his targets are going to be moving forward, and that's a good group. 
But what, and like if you, if somebody's looking at a 15 year window, I would agree about Lawrence's longevity mattering at this point in their careers. It's like, I generally tell people I don't look much past five years for anything. Cause we're not that great at predicting this year, much less five years from now. Um, like I don't, I think it's hard to make a case that Trevor Lawrence is going to consistently score more fantasy points than Justin Fields in the next five years. Uh, well, I mean, you've, you're, then you're making the case that Justin Fields is going to be better than what he's, I shouldn't say better, at least as good as what he's been this year for the next five years. So with no drop off. It's more likely rushing. that Trevor Lawrence improves than Justin Fields. Because Justin yes. Fields has been better than Trevor Lawrence this year. So yeah. why, why I also, is Trevor Lawrence more likely to improve than Justin Fields? He's going to have better targets and he'll be even more comfortable. But as he, he has better targets this year. Offense. Much better. Yeah, he's got better targets this but, year and they're going to be even better next year. I would assume the difference between who they're throwing to would be smaller next year and in future years than it is this year because look how big it is this year. Mm, it's really surprising to me that Fields is outscoring Lawrence this year. Just, well, it's the rushing. Well, I understand that, but it also like he had those huge games because he was pretty crummy for the first what seven weeks or so of the season. I don't know off the top of my head. Less than that, I felt like it was the first four or five weeks he was terrible. Oh, I don't and know. Then they, they adapted the offense to him, and and he got significantly better. He started to run a lot more. Yeah, uh, he obviously struggled. So, you know, if you just ask me who's had a better year, my first thought would have been Trevor Lawrence, but. He's been more consistent than Justin Fields, but Fields has had those those weeks. They were just amazing. 30 points, 48 points, 44 points, you know, uh, and and sandwiching those three weeks were 25 points and 25 points, basically. So he's done all of that damage in a five-week stretch. I mean, the first six weeks of the season, he had, you know, a couple of good games, that, a couple of, of okay games, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, would we yeah. agree that it's much more likely Justin Fields is QB one overall next year than Trevor Lawrence? No, because and, this is the this is the problem I have with this argument. It's like everyone just falls in love with rushing production, but at the end of the day, Joe Burrow is better than Lamar Jackson two straight years. You know what I mean? Like pocket pat and and Lawrence is a, is still a guy who rushes a little bit, but I, I don't love the the just pure drop back passers so much, but. I think we I think we get away from well, the great passers. Anti running quarterback for I'm not I'm absolutely not time. I am not anti running quarterback. Yeah. No, I love running quarterbacks. I just when you look at the guys who finish top five, they're all good passers, even when they are great runners. Jalen Hurts couldn't be doing this if he didn't evolve as a passer, uh, which which Justin Fields certainly could do. Uh, you could even say Fields Fields might be a better passer now than than Hurts was a year ago. I, I would say that. And absolutely. what a jump Hertz has made. So I'm certainly not eliminating that possibility, but you cannot do you cannot be a great fantasy quarterback without good passing stats. And his passing stats are putrid. But he, he's probably going to be a top five fantasy quarterback this year without good passing stats. Maybe, but it, it's it's extremely inconsistent. I mean, if you if you really think about it, he was dropped in most leagues. He was awful for six weeks, basically. So he wasn't running. We'll see how he finishes. Uh, he's also but, running it to a degree that we've never seen before. He's on pace for almost eighteen hundred yards in his last seven games, or something like that. It's it's insane. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. He, you've been playing dynasty longer than me. How how often slash rare is it for a fantasy manager to have the same quarterback five or more years in dynasty? 
I mean, I think it's a little bit rare for a, a, a league to, <laughs> to, to stay the same for five years. You usually lose a fantasy manager or two in that time period. But um, I, guess it's, it, I think it's really rare. Okay. So my answer for Lawrence over Fields was baking in longevity. And the thought that you can get Trevor Lawrence and he'll be good longer than Justin Fields will be. But if I'm trying to win a fantasy championship in the next two years or three years, and, I, and I'm not playing the longevity game, I don't know if it's really that much of a question between these two. And I would probably say Fields in that regard. As good as that receiving core is going to be for Trevor Lawrence, and I think it's going to be great once Calvin Ridley's back in, in, in the swing of things. The rushing upside for Fields and the fact that he is a, a, a decent passer, if not a good passer, he could become a real good passer. I'm, I'm going to flip my answer. I'm going to go with Fields simply because you can replace that position easier in Dynasty than you can, than, than you might think, I guess is the and, best way to put it. And I think there's a little bit of prisoner of the moment here with talking about how inconsistent and bad Justin Fields was early in the year because Trevor Lawrence was not a viable fantasy quarterback for most of this season. He went from week five through week nine without a game with multiple touchdown passes. And week four, he threw for 174 yards. Was that the Eagles game? Yeah. No, this week is the Eagles. Oh, you're talking about Lawrence. Right. Yeah. Bad weather. Tough matchup. <laughs> the excuses you will make. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, like, you're right. It's not like it's not like Lawrence has been a model of consistency. But before this recent stretch, I, I mean, think about the narrative around Justin Fields. But you know, halfway through the season, before before he you know exploded, what was the first game he went off? The Cowboys game or the game? What was the narrative around Trevor Lawrence? It was bust. Uh, I, not not for me. I, mean, I thought he was making a lot of I progress. I understand that because he's not a running quarterback. I think you're so wrong about the way I feel about running quarterbacks. You're 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 focusing on the running angle of it. What you should be focusing on, or what I am focusing on, is the passing angle of it. I do not like quarterbacks who can't throw the damn football. I, I, and Trevor, I understand. And, and and Justin and what Fields I have said with has Jalen not Hurts, been. Yeah. What I said with Jalen Hurts in the past is a guy who runs, you are less likely to believe can improve as a passer. You see no. that Trevor Lawrence is going to continue to get better as a passer, and you're less likely to believe that Justin Fields you're is going to get You're framing it passer. wrong. It's not because he runs. It's because he's not a good passer right now. So, yes, I, I did not see this coming for Jalen Hurts, 100%. Like I will just say through week nine, through week nine, Justin Fields was averaging two and a half more fantasy points per game than Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence yes, was at 17.8. What, what about through week five? They were both awful, and no one wanted to use them. No, Fields was much worse, I would say. But also, Fields was, you know, weaponless and just in, like, a boring, crappy offense with a terrible offensive line. I think the the Jaguars got off to a pretty hot start, and we kind of, you know, I, obviously I bought into them. Um, look, obviously you can make cases against both of them, but I, the point I'm trying to make, Heath, is that it's not that I don't like running quarterbacks. It's not I love running quarterbacks. I just want them to be able to be good passers because I think that's the most important thing for a fantasy quarterback. Look at the best the best quarterbacks in fantasy. They're almost all like putting up good passing numbers. So again, yeah, Fields could definitely take that leap. And if he does, then he could be QB1. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Jaguars are more set up for sustainable success. And also Trevor Lawrence, let's not forget, Trevor Lawrence was an amazing quarterback prospect, right? On, on the Andrew Luck level, or maybe just below that. 
So I think you look at the pedigree and you look at the, the progress that Joe Burrow has made. Um, you know, I think I think that's what we're talking about with Trevor Lawrence. So so through week five, Justin Fields was awful, not even in the top thirty. But Trevor Lawrence was at seventeen point four fantasy points per game, right between Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson. Well, Joe Flacco was terrific. Joe Flacco was at eighteen point two fantasy. And did Jack, Zach Wilson played what two games? Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's talk. Let's read some emails here. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. This is from David from the state with the fewest number of counties. Hmm. I, I feel like that's like Wyoming. Yeah, I think so. They only have one representative in Congress. That's so crazy. Um, I need a second flex for Dynasty League playoffs. Half PPR. Pick one. Dobbins, Swift, Pitman, Bam Knight. Dobbins. I would go Bam. Okay. Uh, from no name or city, Dave. Carol from Worcester, Mass. <laughs> Fields, Geno Smith, or Deshaun Watson this week? Fields. Definitely not Deshaun Watson. <laughs> um, I, agree. I think I'll go Fields. This is from Scott the Boomer Curmudgeon. Where is he from? Over Delaware, which also happens to be the state with the fewest counties. Oh, really? Obviously. Yeah. How could we forget about Delaware? That surprises me. Uh, Travis Etienne, Isaiah Pacheco, Zonovan Knight, Rashad White. I guess we're picking one. Uh, pick two. Etienne, Pacheco, Zonovan, Rashad. I mean, you can drive through Delaware in like 15 minutes. Um, Zonovan. No, pick two. I'm sitting McKinnon. Zonovan and Pacheco. Okay, McKinnon was not an option. Oh. So it's... What was I looking at? Give me your top two. Heath says it's Bam Knight and Pacheco. ETN, Pacheco, Knight, Rashad White. Knight and ETN as of now. From Joey, do I start Pacheco, Knight, or McKinnon? Full PPR. This is the one I was reading. Now, who's uh, your number Knight. one? Knight? Knight. Okay. Do I start Lawrence or Huntley? Lawrence. Trevor. This is Matt from 35 miles north of Tallahassee. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to... I don't know the city 35 miles north of Tallahassee. Uh, Zonovan Knight or Zay Jones, PPR. I don't know if I'd ever want to be there. Could be Jacksonville. Athens is. Well, it could be where? No, it wouldn't be. No, no. Do you know... Have you ever looked at a map of Florida? <laughs> I know it's way east, but like, there's lots of places through the United States that are 35 miles north of Tallahassee. We're talking about a place like uh, Thomasville. Yeah, it'd be or somewhere Boston, in Georgia. Boston, Georgia. Yeah. Jacksonville, come on! That's the, of all the things you've said about Jacksonville in the last five minutes. That's definitely the worst take. Uh, Zonovan Knight or Zay Jones in full PPR. I mean, you might have well said Tampa Heath. Um, <laughs> well, Tampa's directly. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going Zay Jones. What do you Jones. ask me, Knight or Jones? Yeah, PPR. I think I gotta say Knight. So I think Jacksonville is about 35 miles south. So that was yeah. obviously yeah, that completely <laughs> idiotic. Like it's like 70 miles off in geography. So I apologize. Uh, and who would you drop? D- DJ Moore or Zay Jones if you had to make a roster move? DJ Moore. Yeah. From Eric. Where's he from? He's from Nib High. Uh, oh, he's from the City of Good Neighbors. Coral Springs, Florida. Nita Flex in PPR. Alvin Kamara or Mike Williams? Are you saying your neighbors where you grew up were Camara. good? 
Oh, dude, you would not believe the things that happened in the house next to me. I'm talking. Example. Try me. A double murder. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Coral Springs is not the city of good neighbors. Not my street. Um, uh, PPR, Camara or Mike Williams? Camara. I think I'll say Camara, yes. 12 team Buffalo non- is the city of good neighbors, by the way. Oh, okay. Non PPR league. Uh, start two running backs and a flex Camara, Swift, Singletary, McKinnon. So you need three of them. <clears throat> I would sit McKinnon. Yeah, non PPR, sit McKinnon. And uh, who would you start at wide receiver two? DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Jamison Williams. Oh, that's bad. Miggy Mimble. Yeah, I, I, Who are they I'd again? Rather give you less. DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Jamison Williams. Maybe Sutton if he plays. Hold on. Would you take Elijah Moore over all of them? There are cities in Mexico that are 35 miles north of Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you went. You're usually pretty good at responding to the emails and just like off in geography world. I yeah I think I, I, yeah I would take well a non PPR I don't know oh, Elijah Moore over him in non PPR drop would James you rather Williams. have if you could get Shark or Zay Jones would you take one of them yeah <sighs> Zay, would you Shark. even would you even dabble in Ben Skoranek no no all right then I think DJ Moore is the answer Zay Jones okay we're out of here well, of course thanks Fondo can. thanks oh wait I have one I have sorry uh. Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Daniel Jones, Mike White. Who do you start? Derek Carr, Tom Brady. Mike White. Yeah. Daniel Jones, Tyler Huntley, Jared Goff. Who do you start? Goff. Goff or Jones. We're done. Take it easy, everybody. Thank you for watching and listening. For Dave and Heath and Thomas, I'm Adam. Talk to you tomorrow with Starter Sit for the AFC Home Games on Fantasy Football Today.